it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. And we are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. Hey, girl. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who's not sending 1,500 troops to our southern border. Check it out. President Biden sending active duty soldiers just one day after his press secretary insisted the border was secure. Oh, shut up, woman. We're going to discuss it with Emily Campagno, the co-host of Outnumbered. Benjamin Hall is going to be here. He is a Fox News war correspondent who shares a harrowing tale of survival after literally getting bombed in you like bombed. Not the stuff you hear me talk about on the weekends. Oh, I got bombed. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. No, this man is a serious badass, and he will join us to share his tale as well. 888-788-9910. If you have a story you'd like to share on a program that functions with one rule and one rule only. I am not an activist. I am a talk show host. Everybody is welcome. You don't have to agree. Heck, I don't think you should agree with me half the time. Some of the moves I make in life, if you find yourself constantly agreeing with me. Have you ever had a check? Seriously, get checked out. Uh, But either way, you could be a Republican, you could be a Democrat, you could be an independent, you could be a furry. Seriously, you could walk around, uh, you could identify as a dog. (coughs) We don't care. Uh, All we ask is that you don't be a... There it is. Happy Tuesday. It is day two on KXBO 1340 AM in Grafton, North Dakota. We made it to day two. Day two in our new time slot on KRMG down in Tulsa. Also got some big announcements coming from the fine folks at WDBO in Orlando. There's all kinds of stuff going on on this program. Uh, But sadly, in the state of Texas and down at the Mexican border, they're still looking for this illegal immigrant who had been deported five other times, made it back into this country, and killed a family over the weekend, which is horrific and not the greatest note to start a show on. But the thing we pride ourselves here on at at Fox Across America, and I say this all the time, is I'm tackling issues from a perspective of humanity, not a Republican perspective per se, not a Democrat perspective, but an American perspective, meaning how does this affect all of us, okay, on a very simple level. The southern border is the front door to our house. And people like this lunatic in Texas, people like the drug cartels that have smuggled record levels of fentanyl that have led to record levels of fentanyl poisoning deaths are coming right through the front door of the house. This could be a problem. It already is a huge problem. So much so that with Title 42 poised to be repealed on May 11th, The president is calling up 1,500 active duty troops to go down there. Now, you have to ask yourself, Secretary Mayorkas said the border is secure. Corrine Jean-Pierre said the border is secure. You are so full of s***. And we can make that claim. Why? Because if the border is secure, why are we sending 1,500 troops? I think he's got a point. Okay. Now, they'll tell you it's because they're expecting a surge in migrants. They're expecting 13,000 migrants a day to hit this border when Title 42 expires on May the 11th at the end of the COVID emergency. 
But do you understand what they're telling you is at the end of this COVID emergency, when they take away this policy that was we were using to control the flow of immigrants into the country, we're going to have a full-on stampede at our southern border. A stampede that, oh, by the way, under Biden has reached a 20-year high in illegal immigration. We are at a 20-year high. But Karine Jean-Pierre got on TV yesterday with a straight face, got hair and makeup, had time to think this went over, and read the following out of her binder. She said, Biden's actions have brought illegal migration down more than 90%. You're a bald-faced liar, a liar. Okay, Joe Biden, so far in his presidency, has set an all-time record for illegal border crossings. We're crossing the 5 million mark. And we haven't even finished his third year. But here's Kareem Jean-Pierre telling you things are under control. He's bringing it down, you see. Clip two. When it comes to illegal migration, you've seen it come down uh, by more than 90 percent. And that's because of this act, the actions that this president has taken. But we know that more action needs to be taken. So it has to be legislative action. We're going to continue to call Congress. I mean, you ought to be ashamed of yourself when it comes to illegal immigration. You've seen it come down by more than 90 percent. What would in what world? OK, we're at a 20 year high in crossings. We're over the five million mark. We're sending down fifteen hundred extra troops because they're expecting the surge to increase in the southern months. Here's Mick Mulvaney. OK, he was on the bottom line yesterday. The show I was also on. They chose not to feature me, though, here on the audio sheet. I didn't have any border comments. Mick Mulvaney did. Here is Mick Mulvaney telling it like it is on how the press is derelict in its duty to protect this country. And this is when I harp on the border issue. The border issue matters no matter where you live in this country. People think of it as, well, it's a, I don't live in Texas, so I don't have to worry about the border. That is a fact check false. What's coming across our southern border winds up in all 50 states. Okay, we have a fentanyl problem that is the leading cause of adult death in this country in all 50 states. Biden sucks. Really does, because he is not paying any attention to this crisis because it's a political liability. Now, yeah, they're going to send troops and they're going to want to get this under control during the election year so they can say, oh, the Republicans are talking about the border. Look, we're addressing it. It's under control. We got the troops there. But what does that tell you? If they've let five million people come into the country, number one, they were fine with it. Number two, they don't care about the people. They care about the politics. They care about the power. Bingo. Think about it. 30% of the women who cross this border illegally get sexually assaulted. We've had two and a half million women cross the border under Biden by trade. Basic math tells you you're looking at over 600,000 women that have been assaulted by cartels. Kids that have been struggled, uh, smuggled and forced to mule drugs into the country. They don't care about any of that. Right now, we have 95,000 minors that were processed at our border, sent to other cities around the country, and we don't know where they are. Is anybody in the Democratic Party making a, an uproar about that? The answer would be no. No one's even looking at No one's even putting out a children's book, like Where's Oswaldo? You know, nothing like it. But here is Mulvaney telling you straight up, the media, in refusing to cover this, is endangering everybody. It's not a Republican angle. The border is an American angle. The border is the front door to our house. And not only do we not have the door shut, we don't even have the ring doorbell turned on. Nothing. Here it is, clip three. The press is doing, the media is doing a disservice to the country when they allow 
those types of answers to be given without pushing back. I do think it's noteworthy uh, that every time the White House wants to do something, they don't need Congress. But when there's something they don't want to do, they say, oh, well, we're waiting on Congress, which is exactly what's happening here. So, look, I don't think Karen Jean-Pierre has much credibility. But again, I, I, I pay attention. Uh, and it's a shame that we don't have an active media sort of pushing back when she says things that are absurd as that, because that's just that's just not right. The media is a bunch of losers. Seriously. And as a Democrat, people think like, wow, well, you know, the media covers for the left. So that's good news for me. It's going to make my life easier because they're covering for my party. Wrong. No. Okay, the media's job is not to shill for one political side. It's to hold the people in power accountable. It's to make sure they're doing their job, okay, which is to protect us. If we've hit a record level of fentanyl poisoning deaths, they're not protecting us. If they get on TV with a straight face at a time when we've hit an all-time high for illegal border crossings and tell us they're actually down 90%, they're not protecting us. You have no idea how to defend a nation. Okay, and again, it's not the media's job to defend a nation. It's the media's job to defend the truth. And they're not doing any of that. Here is Secretary Mayorkas. He was on Meet the Press. Okay, he said with a straight face that there's no blame on the Biden administration for the border process, for the border crisis. This is no, you don't understand. We want to pass immigration reform. Do you know the immigration backlog right now under Biden is up over 300%? Your wait year? Your wait time to get an actual asylum case heard is backed out two full years under Biden. Two full years. And here's my arcus. Well, you know, it's the Republicans. They won't pass the legislation we want. Do you understand? They're not here to solve the problem. They want to run on the problem. And if all else fails, use the problem to pass some type of climate-friendly, gender-inclusive legislation (laughs) that'll address our border crisis. Like, if we could put solar panels on the border crisis, they'll do it, okay? They'll talk about the inequity. Don't ever forget, Kamala Harris was the border czar. She went down to the Northern Triangle and said with a straight face, the root cause of illegal immigration was climate change. Kamala is a lying sociopath. Fact-checked. Could you imagine? No, no, you don't understand. They're fleeing the countries because they're worried about what the weather's going to do in 40, 50 years. That's what it is. You know, you got these Northern Triangle countries. They know they don't have enough electric vehicles on the road. So, you know, you pack up all your belongings. You walk a 1,000 miles. That's what's going on. It's the climate change. Shut up. Will you shut up? They said it with a straight face. Remember Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross always be closing? Okay, in this administration... Always be pushing your agenda. Always be pushing. This is politics as usual. What's the crisis? How we can leverage this to push our agenda? Okay, this lunatic dirtbag who's been deported five times, who killed a family in Texas. They're not talking about the fact that he's in this country illegally, that he was able to get in because of lax border policies. They're using this as a moment to lecture us about gun control. Here it is, clip four. This is the entirety of the media, clip four. 
We're going to begin with that massive manhunt after yet another mass shooting in this country, another mass shooting with a semi-automatic weapon. Janet Shamlian is outside the sheriff's office with the latest on all this. Janet, I don't know what's wrong with this country. Good morning. It's happened again, Tony. Here we are again in the United States. There is a manhunt underway in Texas for a suspect accused of killing five of his neighbors. And now we've had people shot to death because they asked a neighbor to stop shooting his assault rifle in the middle of the night because it was keeping their baby up. That is where we are in the United States of America. And the governor of the state of Texas, the Republican governor, Greg Abbott, he contributed 50000 of that $80,000 reward. But while announcing that reward, he seemed to find the need to describe the victims of the shooting as illegal immigrants. We're not sure what the immigration status of the victims has to do with it. And we'll also note that at least one of them was a permanent resident of the United States. Now, all five victims in this case are from Honduras. The suspect is from Mexico. In a short statement, Governor Greg Abbott saying the state of Texas will provide some of the reward money and additional resources. He chose not to say anything about the victims, not even naming them, calling them, quote, five illegal immigrants. I'm surrounded by idiots. Now, uh, mind you, okay, this is the same media that had nothing to say on behalf of the children that were gunned down at a Christian school in Tennessee by a transgender shooter, weren't upset that the President of the United States didn't say their names, wasn't upset that the President of the United States didn't meet with their parents, but cheered on the President of the United States when he brought in the Tennessee Three, two circuit, three circus clowns who went to Halloween masquerade and dressed up as civil rights protesters, brought a bullhorn into a legislative session, got thrown out, only to come back the next day and claim it was some sort of white supremacy. It's clown stuff. You understand, though, the agenda, the politics, they're so much more important than the people, and that shouldn't be acceptable. I'm not telling you that as a Republican. I'm telling you that as an American. Our border is wide open. That lunatic who shot people up in Texas shouldn't be in the country. The gun laws in this country are irrelevant, okay, because he didn't follow them by coming back here illegally for a sixth time. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say he wouldn't follow the gun laws either. But this debate doesn't happen if we just keep the old border policies in place that were there under Trump and had literally reduced illegal border crossings to an 80-year low. But instead, we repealed all of them in the name of politics. And the reason they're yelling about Congress and legislation and gun control is because they'd rather talk about anyone else's record at the border than their own. That's true. That is true. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. 
Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, 888-788-9910. troops, that's the confirmed number, heading down to our southern border at a time when they told us it was already closed. You were lying your ass off. Now, to be clear, it's because come May 11th, when they repeal Title 42, they expect an increase, a surge to the border, 13,000 migrants a day. That's the expectation, which is an insane number never before seen in this country. But understand what this means. It means troops, you know, people that normally are reserved for, like, war, protecting us, you know, fortifying our country against potential invasion, some type of unrest around the world that needs our help. Okay, they're now being turned into DMV processors. Grab your gun, grab your hat, your boots, your ammunition, head down to the border and start doing paperwork. That's what we're doing with our troops. That's stupid. Use your common sense. It is stupid. And it's just, oh, man. There's just such a basic indifference to the damage being done to this country right now that really does kind of drive me bananas. And this is a mellow show. I mean, if you listen to this show, you're like, well, this guy gets paid in beer. <laughs> either either beer or Tide Pods. He's got to be on something. I mean, this is a pretty loose show. I say it every day. The world's on fire. We're roasting marshmallows. That's my job, to keep the mood light. But these are serious issues. You know, when it comes to the southern border, okay, everything going on, everything going on right now is completely preventable if you if you secure the border. But what they did is they created a humanitarian crisis. They did this. They stopped construction on a border wall. We physically paid money to not build a wall. We paid pay not to build a wall. Billions of dollars not to finish building the wall because the previous president wanted a wall. And that's how politics work in this country now. Both political parties in the past have voted for border wall funding. They did it under under George W. Bush. And, yes, they did do it under Barack Obama in 2012. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. But the point is politicians who both knew the importance of securing our border. Why? Because every country in the world secures its border. They all turned around on the left and said, we should be building bridges, not walls. What does that even mean? Okay, people wanting to secure the border aren't saying, we don't want foreigners here. They're saying, we want them to come legally. Legally means they don't get smuggled in. Legally means they don't suffocate in a tractor trailer. Legally means... 95,000 kids don't get lost when they're relocated to cities. Legally means 30% of the women don't get raped. They don't want to do any of that. They just want them to keep coming in illegally, and it's gross. Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 
doing the damn thing on the radio. I'll be on with Laura Ingram tonight at 10 o'clock on the East Coast. Busy TV day so far. I was on Fox and Friends this morning, and then I hung out with Stuart Varney in the 11 a.m. hour. Both of those hits on the Fox Across America website. I will get them posted on the Fox Across America Facebook page as well. But right now in this moment, we have to talk New York. You know, we do a lot of America stuff. And I say this every day. The show is America's family meeting. And I'm kind of just the deadbeat dad at the end of the table, barely holding it together. And you come home and you tell me about your day and tell me what went on. And, you know, I do genuinely care. Despite my lack of qualification, uh, I do sit here and give it my best on behalf of this family every damn day. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. True story. But my mayor here in New York is just garbage. Just a race-baiting dirtbag like every other Democrat mayor that's failing their constituents. Eric Adams, and you need to hear this because this is just a fabulous, fabulous exercise in shamelessness coming out of our mayor. A mayor who presides over a city where felonious assaults are up a 26,000 mark right now this year. 26,000 times under Mayor Eric Adams Someone has been walking down the street in New York and randomly hit with a brick or clotheslined like it's a WWE match. I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. Like that sort of thing. Okay. Pushed in front of a subway. It's randomly punched in the head. Some pantless hobbit swinging a screwdriver on 7th Avenue. The things you see in New York. Okay. It is a lawless hellhole right now where you never walk an inch without smelling weed, which you actually appreciate, because were it not for the weed, you'd smell what all the junkies are doing on the sidewalk. But Eric Adams, of course, taking exception not to what's going on here, but picking a fight with the governor of Texas. Eric Adams wants you to believe Greg Abbott down in Texas, who has literally seen his border towns overrun Okay, resources crushed, grocery stores barren, crime surging. Mayor Abbott, with help from the relocation services of the United States government, has sent migrants to places like New York, Chicago and Los Angeles. Why? Because they are sanctuary cities. Correct the mundo. Sanctuary cities, meaning when you pull into town, they have those signs that say nobody is illegal, all are welcome here, you know, just like they did in Martha's Vineyard. Nobody's illegal, we're a sanctuary town. And then 40 migrants showed up to Martha's Vineyard, 40, in the biggest vacation destination, the richest zip code in America. 40 Venezuelans showed up, and the people of Martha's Vineyard were like, get them out of here, get them out. Yeah, for real. It went from nobody's illegal to, well, all right, well, you know that nobody illegal thing? They're here. And the people of Mother's Vineyard are like, oh, hell no. <laughs> they ain't here. We put them on a bus. And they did, 24 hours later, ship them out of Martha's Vineyard. That's just how white folks will do you. Okay. Every one of these sanctuary cities declared themselves a sanctuary city. Why? Not because they cared about the migrants, but because they cared about scoring political points by appealing to a woke sensibility that says, well, the right wants to enforce border laws. They don't want people here legal, illegally. 
That's inhumane. No one's illegal. So we'll take them here. That's the woke mantra. Everything woke turns to And I say that because cities like New York and Chicago are now crying and saying the feds need to help. We don't have the resources to take in all these people. Okay, understand that New York City has a population of about 7 million people. 7 million people. But a town like El Paso, Texas, that has a few hundred thousand, they're supposed to bear the brunt of 5 million illegal border crossings this year? That's the claim from the left. No one said a word about illegal border crossings at a town that had not even one one hundredth the population of New York. That's not right. Okay, but when the nobody's illegal crowd started getting illegal migrants bussed up to their states, yes, they couldn't punt fast enough. So what Eric Adams is trying to do now to deflect, okay, from the broken promise he made about nobody being illegal and we're a sanctuary city and everyone's welcome here, is he's calling Abbott a racist. That's what he's doing. Governor Abbott is some kind of a racist. That was embarrassing. But why is he saying it? He's saying it because the migrants are being relocated to cities that are run by black mayors, you see. That's what's going on here. Shut up, fool. No, what's going on here, just so we understand, is Abbott so far, okay, has relocated less than 5,000 migrants on his own from a place like Texas to a place like New York City. 5,000. So of the hundreds of thousands that have come across this border and gotten relocated to New York, they were relocated by the government. They were relocated by Christian organizations. But why were they coming to New York like all the other liberal cities? Because these are the five biggest cities in America. These are the cities most requested by migrants because that massive population means there's a good chance or a higher chance you might have relatives there than a town with a smaller population. This is the most requested, and oh yeah, these are all sanctuary cities. Sanctuary cities, of course, until the sanctuary people actually need to rely on their resources. Democrats are so full of crap. Listen to this Abbott clip. It's clip five. I never used the term racist. That was a little creative journalism that was used. Uh, But let's look at the facts. 108,000 cities in New York. 108,000. Uh, Governor Abbott sent uh, asylum seekers to New York, black mayor, to Washington, black mayor, to Houston, black mayor, uh, to Los Angeles, black mayor, uh, to Denver, black mayor. He passed over thousands of cities to land here. Oh, my God. Why do you do things like that? You're like a crazy person. Mayor Adams, who, by the way. We always call him Mayor Nightclub because he's legendary in New York. He goes to every nightclub in this. Like, if you run a nightclub, you hang out with Mayor Adams. He's just popping bottles with models. He wants to be a celebrity mayor. You get the national name recognition. You accomplish nothing on behalf of the people. And then you run for higher office. That's Democrat 101. Like, look at Pete Booty Judge, A laughingstock in South Bend, Indiana. Nicknamed Pothole Pete. But he ran for president, got the name recognition, and failed his way up to transportation secretary. Yes, the man in charge of every road in America came from a small town where he couldn't handle the potholes. That's who the Democrats are.
you get the national name recognition, they'll bring you up. You can fail your way upward. And if you don't believe me, take one look at who accompanies Joe Biden in the Oval Office. I'm Kamala Harris, and I approve this message. Okay, but understand, this is what Adams is doing. So the other night at the White House Correspondents' Dinner, uh, Adams like the first guy there, the first guy at the open bar. Couldn't get in there quick. I saw him. It's great. Okay, um, I'm there to do TV and get set up to do a shot. Adams comes blazing in. Let's go, girl. Get me in front of the cameras. Let's get that open bar going, boo. I'm going to be a celebrity. That's what he was doing. But when he makes this claim, Abbott sent asylum seekers to New York, black mayor, to Washington, black mayor, to Houston, black mayor, to Los Angeles, to Denver, black mayor. He passed over thousands of cities of land here. Okay, do you know what those thousands of cities have in common? Not one of them. Not one of them has the population size of any of the five cities he named. Oh, wow. Which means he's not looking around going, what color is the mayor? Do you get how shamelessly reductive our policies have become? Migrants come across the border, get apprehended and are asked where they'd like to go. That's how ridiculous our border policy is. You break the law to get in here, we give you a check and say, where would you like us to send you? What the hell is the world coming to? So understand, when migrants are getting relocated to New York black mayor, Washington black mayor, Houston black mayor, L.A. black mayor, Denver black mayor, it's not Governor Abbott that's sending them there. It's the migrants calling their own shot. I think he's got a point. It's a true point. 5,000 people have been re- relocated by Abbott. 5,000, 5,200. So you know who the other few hundred thousand came courtesy of? They came courtesy of the federal government, which is why Eric Adams, if you really care about the problem of migrants overwhelming your city, you don't yell at Texas. You le- yell at the guy in charge of this government. Oh, I'm in trouble. Because there's no issue of relocating migrants if the border is closed. But the border's not closed. Unfortunately, it's open. But the guy who opened it is a member of Adam's party and is a Democrat with aspirations to higher office going to call out a Democrat in a higher office? The answer would be no. No chance. Which is why Mayor Nightclub is trying to make this about racism. But you understand, this is like an adults are talking moment. There's a humanitarian crisis at the southern border. 30% of the women getting smuggled into the country are sexually assaulted. We don't know where 95,000 kids are. The fentanyl is the number one cause of adult death. But rather than saying, hey, let's stop all this, we've now brought up a fake conversation about racism. A fake pretend conversation. Like, I'm telling you because I'm one of the people who cares. I'm new to the media. This is all exciting stuff, okay? I genuinely care about the impact my words have because when this is over, I'm going home. I'm going to go hang out with Jenny and Lincoln. I'm going to play a little Madden, probably going to eat a little bit too much. If if my on-screen appearance is any indication. You're killing yourself the way you eat. Y'all fat f- look at you. I'm trying. But understand, okay, what's going on right now This is not a Republican point, man. It's an American point. They don't care that the border's open. They don't care about the people suffering. They don't care about the drugs. Because if you do, you don't start talking about climate change and you don't start talking about pretend racism. But you don't have to go all the way down to the Texas border to know that Eric Adams doesn't care about people. You have to look no further than the city I happen to be broadcasting from. 
Okay, New York City right now is where SEAL Team 6 goes to get scared. It's a mess. Okay, you can't walk five feet in this town without encountering some type of a crazy street zombie that you think is going to take a swing at you. Okay, you can't get on mass transit. Can't walk down anywhere through Times Square, anywhere down 7th Avenue. 7th Avenue, you're just walking down a casting call for the next Lord of the Rings. All kinds of hobbits and people from other dimensions. It's bananas. And when you hear that we have 26,000 felonious assaults, when you hear that women are getting raped and robbed and push in robberies, and you hear the mayor's not doing anything about it, but going out to nightclubs, you realize what the scam is here. The Democrats don't care about people. They care about people's votes. So they'll call things racist. They'll say black lives matter. Oh, black lives matter. A cop shot somebody. Let's go loot a Nike store. Burn down a little Caesars because black lives matter. But that's one police shooting death a year. Do they say a word, a word about the thousands of black deaths that occur a year in Democratic-run cities, which, by the way, make up 99.9% of all black uh, murder deaths in this country? The answer would be no. No, because no one goes to the polls based on a black-on-black crime. But they can go to the polls if you gaslight the cops and you say the whole, you tell the whole country the cops are racist, which is what they do even here in New York, where the city has been minority-majority meaning our police force for the better part of about three decades has had more minorities than white people. But they still carry on as if it's some good old boy killing cabal because that gets them votes. But that's the point. The politics matter more than the people. The people's lives don't matter as much as the people's votes. And if they did, Eric Adams isn't trying to clean up Texas. He's trying to do something about New York City. Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon doing the damn thing in New York. Taking the show on the road this weekend. I'll be in Reading, Pennsylvania, Saturday night, myself and Kennedy. 
opening night on the last Liberty Tour. If you want to see us Saturday night in Reading, go to the Santander Performing Arts Center. Uh, the ticket's available at Ticketmaster.com. You can meet me in the K-Train. From there, we're heading down to Clearwater, Florida. Hey, girl, if you're listening on WHBO, come down to Clearwater. That is Saturday night, May the 20th. You can hang with your radio buddy. Uh, tickets for that also available at the Capitol Theater. Then June the 3rd, we're off to Davenport, Iowa. All you Fletcher Ford radio stations out there, uh, come see us June the 3rd in Davenport. June the 10th, Mesa, Arizona. And, of course, June the 24th at the Lexington Opera House in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, but right now, I am in New York. I am doing the damn thing. We were talking about the border in this hour. We're going to have a little bit of Hunter Biden chit-chat in the next hour. Hunter's a dirtbag. Man, it's a mess. I am, I'm stunned that they are going through with this child support case because they're brazenly. Like, again, you settle a case like this, you don't show the rest of the world that, oh, yo, wow, look at that. This guy who's making millions of dollars is actually fraudulently declaring that he's poor so he doesn't have to pay for the child that he fathered, doesn't have to send any more child support, doesn't need the kid to take his name. This is Hunter Biden, son of Joe Biden, who said there's no such thing as somebody else's child. That's what he said. But Joe Biden has never met his seventh grandkid. They don't acknowledge the kid's existence. Think of how much fun this kid is missing out on. You go over to your grandpa's house and you hunt for classified documents in the garage. You know, it's not every day a, a little kid gets to teach the adults how to ride a bike. You know, that kid could be holding the back of the seat while Joe tries to pedal. Yeah. Come on, man. I'm just saying. Shameful stuff. We're going to get into it with Emily Campagno, who's, of course, Fox News legal analyst, co-host of Outnumbered. And uh, she will take us inside these financial disclosures and tell us how this child support case can spill directly into the Hunter Biden investigation into his finances. Watch out. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go. Here we go. Back in action. Big hour coming up on Fox Across America. We're not just talking about my weight. Uh, We're talking about some heavy-duty stories, uh, one of which involves the son of the president of the United States, a man who is accused on record by his son's business partners of getting 10% of the money the kid made overseas. Are you the big man, Joe? We might find out once and for all, thanks for this child support case that's playing out right now in court. Emily Campagno, Fox News legal analyst co-host of Outnumbered. She's getting off the TV as we speak, running here in heels so she can break it down for us in studio. 888-788-9910. If you want to join the show, hang out with me and Emily. Everybody, everybody is welcome. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. This is an American talk show. And uh, I do not prioritize issues based on how I think you'll vote after hearing me talk about them. I just come at it from a very human perspective. Hunter Biden is a guy who's made tens of millions of dollars selling influence in our government. I don't actually know that it's illegal. It's very much reads like a pay-for-play scheme in that he's a guy who, at the time his father was the sitting vice president of the United States, got a job on the board of an energy company. Despite the fact 
that he had no background in energy. You understand? What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Well, according to the Obama Treasury Department at the time, they flagged 150 suspicious activity reports based on the money Hunter was getting overseas. Okay, tens of millions of dollars coming in to the vice president's son at a time when the vice president is negotiating a power deal in one of the countries the money happens to be coming in from. He should be behind bars. A lot of people feel that way. Now, we don't know that the investigation would ultimately end up there. We just know it's worthy of our highest attention levels because if the president's compromised, we're all compromised. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. But getting past that for a second, Hunter Biden, okay, had an affair with his dead brother's widow. While Hunter Biden himself was still married, carrying on an affair with his dead brother's widow, he then went out and knocked up a stripper. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. But the point is, this stripper baby, who would technically be Joe Biden's seventh grandkid, has never met the grandparents. And the kid's mom is being fought in court not to carry the Biden name. And Hunter Biden, the guy who's made tens of millions of dollars selling influence in our government overseas, is now claiming he can't pay child support. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. White trash. White trash. This is real weapons-grade dirtbag stuff. Okay, this is a dude who took his business dealings, handed them over to his attorney for the sole purpose of saying, I don't have any money. Like if I was walking down the street with $5 million in my pocket and I hand it to Lincoln, I can then say, I don't, I don't have any money. I'm broke. What are you looking at me for? But my money's right next to me. That's kind of what's going on. He says he's a struggling artist trying to live on a budget. But according to business records and emails, his attorney controls all of his valuable assets while he's arguing in court that he can't come up with child support payments for his four-year-old daughter. So when Joe Biden gets out there and says, there's no such thing as someone else's child. We're all in this together. Talk about that to Joe Biden's grandkid who he doesn't even acknowledge. I mean, really think about that. That is garbage, white trash stuff. That's true. That is true. And understand where it bothers me is I look around at our society knowing full well, like we are plagued from a lack of strong parental presence in the home. A lot of absentee dads, no-show dads, overburdened moms working multiple jobs. Kids are suffering from a lack of leadership at the highest office in our country. We have a president of the United States actively turning a blind eye towards his own grandkid. That's what Joe Biden is doing. Garbage like you just makes me sick. But understand... While they go through this child support case and Hunter tries to, you know, shuffle his assets around, they also run the risk of financial disclosures unearthing a little more insight into just how much money they were making overseas. And I want you to understand why Republicans harp on this, because you'll say, oh, this is just, you know, the Republicans going after Hunter Biden. The fact that the media isn't discussing this, first of all, it's just disgusting. Okay, the president of the United States has a grandkid that he won't acknowledge. 
Think about that. It's his grandkid. It is his blood. It's his grandkid. This kid is missing out on all the things. Kid's four years old. Could have been sharing diapers with Biden this whole time. Could have been tripping over classified documents in the garage, helping Biden learn to ride a bike. Think about it. We finally found the one baby Biden doesn't want to sniff. What a weirdo. But could you imagine a world where Trump was ostracizing his own blood grandkid and the media wasn't going absolutely crazy? If any Trump was ostracizing a child, refusing to pay child support, the media wasn't going absolutely crazy? That's the problem. When there's a double standard in this country, there's no there's no standard. So, yes, it would be hell on earth if a Republican were doing that. But a Democrat's doing it right now. And the New York Times, the Washington Post, they ain't saying a word. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. But when we specifically talk about Hunter's finances, just so you understand, this is a guy who got flagged for suspicious activity reports, not just because of the volume of money coming in from shady foreign entities, but because the kid making the money didn't have a background in any of it. Again, Hunter Biden wasn't an energy executive when Burisma was negotiating energy deals with our government. So you understand, Burisma wasn't sitting around in a Ukrainian boardroom going, I'll tell you what would really get this company off the ground. There's a there's a guy addicted to crack out in Los Angeles. He has no background in energy. But if we fly him in and put him on the board, this is a guy that will really, you know, he's going to turn our fortunes around. I mean, that's what they want you to believe happened. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Nah, you know, just sitting around in a boardroom in Ukraine trying to make a power deal with the United States of America. Wouldn't you know it as we were cruising LinkedIn? There was a guy who was endorsed on LinkedIn for smoking crack and knocking up a stripper. And we were like, you know, this is what belongs in the boardroom here in Burisma. We need to bring this man in. He had no background. I've said this before on the show. Amish people know more about energy than Hunter Biden did. But he got thrown onto the board. And then from being thrown onto the board, a position he had no qualification to be in, other than the fact that his dad was the vice president of the United States. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did for eight years. Now understand, when they left office and his dad got elected president, Hunter Biden went into painting. And they started selling paintings for $500,000 a pop. Again, a guy who had no background in painting. It wasn't like he was some celebrated artist that had left the scene for a few years. Now he came back and there was this big trumped-up demand for his paintings. No, this is a first-time painter who's suddenly getting 300000 500000 And again, if you think the price is high, you should meet the painter. But the point is, with no market for this guy's work, he starts getting that kind of cash. And these are anonymously sold paintings. Meaning we don't even know who's bidding, but you damn sure better believe we know why. It's because of his proximity to the White House. You don't get out of bed and go, hey, are there any beginner painters out there? I've never seen their work and I can give them a half a million dollars. This seems like a sound investment. But again, that's what they want you to believe. Come on, don't bullshit me. But we can take this a step further. Okay, whether he's selling influence in the government Okay, or somehow 
there is a legal gray area where it's okay for the Bidens to get tens of millions of dollars from countries that were actively financing in wars and other foreign, you know, overseas adventures. Okay, you can tell me there's a legal gray area that makes this okay, but there's no legal gray area that makes it okay for Hunter Biden to pocket that kind of money and then tell his own child, we're not giving you any money. Okay, we paid that one chunk of child support. You're good here. We're suing you in court so you don't use my name. Yo, that's white trash. That's dirtbag stuff. The president of the United States, white trash. Okay, I don't take any joy in saying that, but you are actively pretending your grandchild doesn't exist? Okay, if that's what you're doing, you, my friend, are white trash. You are correct, sir. Okay, at a time when you want to believe, you have the right to be in charge of everybody else's kid. Ah, we want to push gender reassignment surgery on five-year-olds. Not my five-year-olds, but other people's five-year-olds. We want to put pornographic books in an elementary school classroom. We need to shape the development of these children. Okay, but when it comes to his own grandchildren, never even met the kid. And the media doesn't even ask why. The media doesn't even stand up to this. And it's disgusting. And it's embarrassing. And it's so emblematic of everything that's wrong in this country, where we have a lack of a parental presence in the lives of developing children. And now, thanks to Joe Biden, we also have a lack of grand parental presence also in their lives. You're absolutely right. The show that's not afraid to tell you the truth. Not only are you not a very nice person, you're also a slob. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Not going to lie, when I last saw this next guest, I was seeing two of her. But we're back in New York now, semi-sobered up and recovered from the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Emily Campagno, co-host of Outnumbered host of the Fox News True Crime Podcast, In the House, Hey Girl. Hey. We were actually, you know, because we build this audience up. We're like, oh, when we go out, <laughs> uh, you bet, you know what I mean? When we go out, things are getting, you know. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife, <laughs> and hide your husband because they're raping everybody you out know, here. When we go out, it gets <laughs> rowdy. But it actually was not that rowdy, but it was great. Yo, we were awesome. We were dressed in... The, the two colors that we were in represented the two starbursts, mm-hmm. watermelon and then the banana one, and that was us. <laughs> yes. And it was, like, amazing. So we just walked around. We were, like, our own little starburst molecule all night. It was fantastic. <laughs> Anytime I was, like, looking for you, I was, like, I just had to look for that beautiful pink. Hey, and girl. then I saw you in a sea of black tuxes and, you know, ivory, tu- yep. like, you stood out. It was amazing. Boom. And then I was a bright drop of sunshine. We had a blast, as always. Pound for pound, like, as f- fashion-wise. I mean, in a lot of ways, we mm-hmm. dominated dinner like that. Cause it's a lot of, like, journalism <laughs> nerds and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, the Fox crew looked good. And uh, just it was just such a cool vibe. I just, I loved the whole, I loved so much about it. And it's funny, because people hate the dinner. You know, there's a lot of, like, you know, people that have been in media a long time, like, how do you even go to that? Because we go to that explicitly because you should hate the dinner, but we're the visiting team, and we bring mm-hmm. a good, fun vibe, and we like being the coolest kids in this little nerd prom, as they call it, I think is what we'd say. Um, and to our credit, honestly, by you and me standards, we didn't get drunk. 
No. We really let down this audience, though. Like, well, they were counting on at least like one photo of us in the fountain or something. No, it's because Friday night. That's was, all right. Well, there's that yeah, small exactly. thing. Exactly. So <laughs> that we don't even ever have to talk about. But <laughs> Friday. Friday. You was, brought up Friday night. No. Oh, shut up, woman. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't going to. Lest you guys think that we somehow like had a chill weekend. The answer is no. No. Friday the answer night. was we we packed in a full weekend into one night, okay, and fair. therefore at Saturday we were very calm. And, Point being, when the cameras were on, the bosses were present, we presented really well. Yes. Friday night, there's another story. We lost a lot of good men out there. Uh, it was its own thing. Emily Campagno's in the house, host of the Fox True Crime Podcast. What's on the podcast this week? Tell me. Today, guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's amazing. Michael Francis. His father was an underboss of the Colombo crime family. Mm-hmm. Michael himself was a capo regime. Mm-hmm. He tells us the story of what it was like growing up in a mob family, joining the mafia, serving a sentence multiple times his dad served sentences, the crimes that he did, the businesses that he ran. And then what happens next is the craziest part. He left the life and he survived. So he lived to tell the tale of separating from the family, which no one ever does. Yeah. And he didn't do it by snitching, and he didn't do it by being a rat. He did it amazingly. He's an incredibly gripping storyteller. You will not want to miss this episode of the Fox True Crime Podcast. How about it? And you get to hang out with Emily. There's like a video component to the whole thing. It's yeah, like a good, It's absolutely. like a ride-along. It's like a civilian ride-along. You know when they put the, the people in the back of the cop car and fight crime? <laughs> they hang out in the back of Emily's car, and you fight pod. You fight podcast. <laughs> I think it's kind of cool i think it's rad um let me ask you quick the one fast question hunter biden's in court because of you know child support but there's a child support case really quickly is there the potential for his actual income to be disclosed and what i mean by that is is there any value into the investigation into his finances by say the house oversight committee coming from this trial Absolutely. Really? Yeah. Think about how many times, too. Like, first of all, um, in contestations, oftentimes that's that's when your income becomes exposed. Okay. That's why many people facing, for example, tax evasion charges or anything when the government's bearing heat, they're like, please don't divorce because in a proceeding is when then things are laid bare, right? Uh. Otherwise, you have, for example, marital privilege in that particular example. Um, so absolutely. Think of the the unintended consequences of many investigations. Mm-hmm. Um of course, I'm like blanking as to name one, but I yeah. feel like things like, oh, actually, so the NFL. Yeah. Think about that. The NFL was doing an investigation in terms of um, upholding, it was like Me Too stuff. Yeah. And all of a sudden uncovered Gruden, like there's- Yes, you John see what I Gruden mean? emails and right. stuff like so that. So in oftentimes, there's a primary reason, a primary proceeding. It does not preclude you from finding and then proceeding on ancillary things. In fact, I had a similar situation. I was doing, um, looking at a, a civil situation, a big corporate doc review, um, and we uncovered, a, I'll just say, a criminal element involving a child. Oh. And this was in an email of one of the participants. So it's wow. like at that in that instant, the whole world changes and it kicks off a trajectory. So you tell me I need to pay this girl from Flash Dancers? Yeah. Clean up your server. <laughs> you That's stop the- it. <laughs> I got nothing to do with any of that. <laughs> Just since, kidding. Since you mentioned the NFL really quick before we go. It's my, one of my favorite stories of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the 80s, okay, Lawrence Taylor was a linebacker for the Giants. The NFL was experimenting with take-home drug testing. They wanted to test, you know. <laughs> so you take home the drug test, bring us back a result. And it was basically a way of letting people do steroids without, while making it look like they were trying to stop it. But what they did to the players' union, unbeknownst to the players' union, is they took back the, the urine samples for these steroid tests, and they ran them for pregnancy tests. And like 5% of them came back pregnant. 
meaning the guys were having their wives and girlfriends take the drug test. <laughs> and the players never thought of it. Like, oh, I'll take home a drug test. I'll just have my wife pee. I'll just have my girlfriend pee. And then they were getting Whoa. back these. And, and at the time, that was like a bomb. Well, like, well, clearly it couldn't have been the men because back then the men couldn't get pregnant. And it's different now. <laughs> different time. I don't want to take you down a road and get sidetracked. It's the Fox True Crime Podcast with the great Emily Campagno. And uh, I can assure you we did not commit the crime of wasted alcohol on Friday night. Nor wasted cigars. Nor wasted time. Nothing. No, no. We, we, put, we put up some numbers. Uh, watch out numbered every day. Listen to the Fox News True Crime Podcast every night. And I'm not just saying that because she's pointing a weapon at me. Uh, I've, been told, I've been told it's phenomenal. Uh, but either way, I appreciate you stopping by the studio, M. Thanks, You're the guys. coolest. You are the cat's pajamas. There she goes. Uh, get her out. Get her out of here. Boom. There it is. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. We were talking earlier with Emily Campagno about this Hunter Biden child support hearing where income can ultimately be disclosed. And it really could be a gift to somebody like James Comer, who's leading the investigation into Hunter's finances. We don't know where this thing ends. We, I, like, I've been pretty upfront about that. I try to be a responsible broadcaster over here. I don't know that the Bidens are, like, actually compromised. I just know the kid made a ton of money that he shouldn't have made. There were 150 suspicious activity reports filed by the Obama administration. So this did not start because some Trump right-wing Fox News guy was like, let's go after the Bidens. This started because a laptop, which turned out to be real, was treated as Russian disinformation in the run-up to an election because they thought it would hurt Joe Biden's campaign. So essentially, the intel committee, the intel community, the people who always warn us about election interference, they themselves committed election interference. The government's going to jump all over your head, Jimbo. Maybe. But you got to keep calling them out. You got some big testicles to pull this off, bro. Now, Joe Biden, the president, as we speak. Okay. And as this goes on, you know, there's going to be some overlap with the 2024 election. You got Tim Scott teasing a major announcement On May the 22nd, he's down in South Carolina. Sounds like he's going to launch a presidential campaign. That's the word on the street. Tim Scott raising big money. Says he's going to win. Go home to mommy. Go home. Bye. Go home to mommy. Go home to mommy. (laughs) Trump roughing up Tim Scott. Trump and Tim Scott actually did good work together. They passed $75 billion worth of opportunity zones for low-income black Americans. They also passed the First Step Prison Reform Act, which freed over 300,000 nonviolent black drug offenders who were sentenced under the 94 Joe Biden crime bill. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. 
And Tim Scott, of course, as I say often on the show, has the best story. Like if anybody jumping into the 2024 race, I know a lot of people listening love Trump and certainly DeSantis has a lot of fans. But Tim Scott is the best story in terms of the progress he represents in our country. He's a guy who was born into a sharecropping family. His grandfather was forced out of school to pick cotton in third grade. That guy's grandkid is now a nominee. He's the first black American to serve in both houses of Congress. He will now be in pursuit of a major party nomination for the presidency. Major league progress. Think about that. Son of a sharecropper might be the Republican nominee for president, the grandson of a sharecropper. While the grandson of the current president can't even get grandpa to acknowledge him. I mean, dude. Come on, man. It's ridiculous. But that's what's going on in this moment. It's a wild juxtaposition of ideas and everything in between. One of the things we covered yesterday, I wanted to play it one more time today. Martha Raddatz over at The Week, okay, on ABC, was asking people who voted for Biden yesterday for a take on his reelection campaign. And I find this so funny because they can't answer the question. Here it is, clip 15. You voted for Biden. I did. He announced this week. What was your reaction? Regret, disappointment, frustration. While it's very early in the race, that disappointment and frustration was expressed again and again by young voters we talked to. I think I would go for Biden, but obviously I would prefer a fresher candidate. He announced this week. Were you excited by that? Uh, not particularly. I'm more interested in a progressive candidate. What do you like about Joe Biden? <laughs> um, uh, that he's not Trump. <laughs> wow. They got nothing. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. Ooh, that'd be challenging. Here is Joe Biden attempting to complete a sentence yesterday at the White House. Another weird, like, spasm of conversation that ends with him telling a judge to shut up. Clip 30. Hey, judge, how are you? I don't know why you wanted the job, man. I appoint all those federal judges, but, you know, thank you for serving. I'm not kidding. You want to come and make a speech? <laughs> Hush up, boy. Oh. What the hell did you just say? <laughs> Some people say that's the type of saying that might have racial connotations. I don't want to get sidetracked on another debate over what is and isn't right. People are so sick and tired of everyone calling everybody racist. At, at this point, it's just, you know, nobody has any energy for that at this point. But the point with Biden is that he is given to a lot of verbal unforced errors, says a lot of weird things. Biden's lost his marbles. Saturday night, we're at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. I'm sitting on the back wall because I'm doing TV hits. So I'm at the dinner. But instead of, like, sitting at a table like a normal person, I power eat a quick meal so I can be free to go do TV. I just sit down and... That boy is a P-I-G pig. <laughs> the whole entree. The steak, the fish, the roll, the salad, the dessert. It all happens in about three seconds. This is absolutely gross. Maybe. But I got to choke it down as quick as possible so I can go do TV. Don't you have any respect for yourself? Judging by my outfit, no. 
But as I head back to the wall where I'll be stationed to go do TV in between speakers, I find myself standing next to Biden's Secret Service. And they were funny. Like, there was a joke told about Fox News, and they gave me a hard time. They go, oh, you didn't like that one, huh? Like, they were kind of busting my balls a little bit. And I said to him, I was like, no. I said, it was fine. I said, the further this guy goes tonight, the further I'll be able to go if I host this dinner someday. So I'm looking at it that way. Nothing's out of bounds. Say anything you want about us. Just understand we might get our hands on that microphone someday, and you're going to have some real problems. But in the meantime, as I'm standing there next to Biden's Secret Service detail, Biden says the following about bringing home detainees from a pretend country called Aranda. Listen to this, clip 31. We've been able to bring home dozens of hostages and wrongfully detainees to wrongful detainees from Afghanistan, Burma, Haiti, Iran, Rwanda, Venezuela, <laughs> across this Africa, around the world. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner in this. Countries from Afghanistan and Haiti, Rwanda. <laughs> and I only bring this up because yesterday I was, I, Saturday, excuse me. I'm leaning on the wall. The two guys that were making fun of me from Biden's Secret Service detail heard him say that. And the guy, one guy turns to the other and goes, what the f- is a Rhonda? <laughs> the president of the United States. He's bringing up fake countries. We have a president that is clearly not all there. So I say this a lot because people are very passionate on the Republican side of the aisle. Like, you just heard a montage of Biden voters. They're basically voting against Trump. They hate Republicans. They can't make a case for Biden. Okay, when you look at this country, is there anything better off now than it was when he took over three years ago? The answer would be no. And I'm not saying that politically, okay? The economy is worse. The border is worse. Crime is worse. The price of gas is worse. Okay, education, way down. I love the poorly educated. But the point is, nothing is better off, so there's no real enthusiasm for Biden. You're not going to get that. Whereas on the Republican side of the aisle, you know, I'm mindful of everyone listening to the show. You guys, people who love Trump, I mean, really, really love Trump. I mean, if you come back with a criticism of the Donald, I mean, on any show, it's... You and me are going to fight when that bell rings at 3 o'clock. The passionate... Okay, comes to a guy like Ron DeSantis. People like Ron DeSantis. You say a bad word about Ronda. I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. Okay, you got passion. They're voting for people. They're not voting against them. And that's the problem the Democrats have right now. Is you've got all of these scandals that involve the Bidens. You've got a, a country that, you know, we're a lottery team. If this is sports, you know, if this is the NBA, we're, we're a lottery team, meaning we're going to get one of the top draft picks out of college or high school because our team has lost that many games. Okay, that's who we are. We're long out of the playoffs. Okay, we have sent in the clowns. For straight up, though, they're out there. They're hitting people with a bucket of confetti. It's like a Harlem Globetrotters game, pulling people's pants down while they shoot free throws to distract the crowd from just how bad this performance is. That's where we are under Biden. And right now he wants to run again. And a lot of people say he wants to run again because it allows the bureaucrats behind the scenes to be in charge. And that's very much what this presidency has functioned as. I say it all the time. 
Biden's whole presidency is an iTunes user agreement. Everything he's passed has been through executive order. So they basically hand him an executive order. Hey, we're going to kill the Keystone Energy Pipeline. What do you mean? Just scroll to the bottom and click I agree. And that's what he's done with every one of these executive orders. Hey, we're going to kill off Title 42. What do you mean? Scroll to the bottom, click I agree. That's all this is. So that guy's not in charge. You don't watch him from day to day using a cheat sheet to get through a question and answer with reporters and come away thinking, no, no, this guy's on top of it. This guy, he's no, huh? No, you hear Biden speak and you say, you don't have a clue. None at all. So when the 2024 election really heats up, I'm talking Tim Scott is formally in. Ron DeSantis officially in. Because Ron DeSantis right now in the last quarter outraised Trump by two to one. Twice as many dollars as Trump brought in. Okay. That doesn't mean there's not a ton of passion behind Trump. He's killing DeSantis in the national polls right now. But when the election finally starts, meaning these guys are standing on a debate stage, their first debate is going to be on Fox News Channel in August. Okay, when that election finally starts and these guys are facing each other in the ring, it's going to get nuts. It's going to get absolutely nuts. And what the Democrats are banking on is a type of food fight that descends into a contest to see who can be the most sensational, who can say the most ridiculous things, who can insult the most people, who can levy the most vicious character assassinations. The Democrats hoping and praying the Republicans don't have a substantive debate because the last thing they want in the general election is for the public to demand a substantive debate. The Democrats want a redux of 2020 or even 2016 for that matter. They want this to be a food fight because if it's a substantive debate, then we go from the food fight that they might potentially win with help from the media to a conversation about just how expensive food has gotten under Joe Biden. So this thing is about to get crazy. Is the media going to go out and cover all of these Biden scandals about Hunter and everything else? The answer would be no. No, they're not going near any of this. That's why Hunter Biden didn't settle this stupid child support hearing. Okay, if you're the president of the United States and your son has impregnated a stripper that you yourself won't even acknowledge exists and your son is fighting that stripper in court to stop her from using the family name, to disavow any knowledge of this kid... In a normal world, that's embarrassing. It's a humiliating. But they know the media isn't going to cover it. So they don't care that one half of the country is calling this ridiculous and saying it's dirtbag stuff. But again, that's where the media fails the whole country. Is because their job is not to protect the Biden family. Their job is to protect the country from the Biden family. And they're not doing it. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. It's the fastest part of your workday. Wow, you're pretty quick for a big guy. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon doing the damn thing on the radio. Taking this party over to the Ingram Angle on your TV tonight. I'll be on with Sean Hannity tomorrow, Thursday. Waters World with Jesse Waters. Then we're going to be on Gutfeld Thursday night with our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld. But I bring up Waters World first. Why? Because yesterday something silly happened on the show. Uh, Ryan Webb. (laughs) So stupid. 
uh, Republican uh, councilman uh, deciding, this is a white man married to a white woman, decided that since we're doing all this transgender stuff, he's now going to identify as a female lesbian of color. So far, he's received 3,000 complaints and a job offer from the Biden administration. I kid, but here is Ryan Webb <laughs> talking about people lashing. There's the people lashing out. Let's start there because it's just fun. It's clip 24. If he were serious, I'd sing his praises. But instead, I know better. I cannot believe that I had to take time out of my day today to attempt to teach a grown man how to behave appropriately. I feel that he should resign, and if he doesn't, I would I would look at county council to talk to legal and see what they can do about removing him. Wait, but I was told that, you know, if this is what he identifies at, we just all hands on deck. That's the scam of the whole thing. It's all pretend. Okay, do I believe he's pretending and trolling them? Yes. Here he is talking to Jesse, clip 25. I am uh, identifying as a woman of color. Um, due to my extensive uh, Native American history, Cherokee, Cherokee. Uh, as a matter of fact. And, uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, very proud of that, very proud. Are you more Native American than Liz Warren or less? Well, you know, I don't profess to know the history of Liz Warren, but I, I think it's pretty, um, uh, it's pretty consistent that uh, I have Cherokee on both sides of my family, so uh, I think it's enough to uh, self-identify as a woman of color. Yeah, she this is silly. Let me give you clip 26. The fact that I am a lesbian is that I am identifying as a woman of color. Got it. Um, I am uh, continuing to retain my preferred pronouns of he and him. Um, and I am married to my beautiful wife, Brandy. Um, she's running for the Muncie City Council in tomorrow's election. And uh, it makes me a lesbian because I'm completely in love with her. Even though I identify as a woman, we have six children together. So I think it more than qualifies. <laughs> Here's the last clip. Uh, this is clip 27. What happens if you kiss a guy? Well, you know what? My friends have told me that, you know, if you kiss a guy, uh, the only thing that, that matters with that is if you giggle or not. So I can't explain <laughs> if that's true. Um, that's okay. not something that I've ever experienced, but I'll give anyone else an opportunity to experience that for themselves. All right. Well, I just want to tell you how honored I am because you are the first lesbian Indian that's ever been on Jesse Waters primetime. So in a way we're, we're shattering together. Thank you very much and good luck on your race. I appreciate uh, the time and uh, I appreciate you reaching out and allowing us to clarify and, you know, pave the way for anyone else who wants to identify as anything that they, they choose. <laughs> and it's stupid, but he's just mocking this whole idea of pretend. What's the difference between him pretending to be a woman lesbian of color than anyone else pretending that a man is a woman or a woman is a man or that a man can get pregnant? Anyone telling you this is real is kidding themselves and... They're crazy! Was that too? Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. We are lacing them up for a track meet in this hour. We're going to cover pretty much everything going on in the world. Ukraine, inflation, the border, the upcoming election. There's a whole paternity child support thing going on involving the Biden family. They're trying to 
deny the kid access to their family name. That was embarrassing. It really is. Just white trash stuff going on in the White House. You can defend it if you want. Everybody's welcome here. 888-788-9910. This is a show you can agree, you can disagree. We don't care, man. So that's, you know. Do you remember like five years ago when, you know, you could agree to disagree? We weren't all a bunch of fat, screaming children. Mom, he doesn't vote the way I do. Boycotting all his sponsors. Want to get him fired. You know, like it's a five-year-old kid at his birthday party. Mom, (laughs) politics are so stupid now where everybody is rooting for their own side so hard. So hard. It's crazy how much harder people root for their party over their country. I can't do it on this show because I've seen the end result of it over the course of the last six years. I'm not trying to own the libs. Like, I'm lucky I own a house. I'm a guy who spent most of his life driving a taxi. Okay, I just want a good faith exchange of ideas. So, oh, I don't know. Maybe we can make a little progress as a country. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Tell you what we don't dig. I don't like when people lie to us. That one drives me crazy. Anthony Blinken, just Secretary of State right now. And uh, he sat down for an interview with our man Benjamin Hall. Benjamin Hall is going to be joining us in this hour. The man is a miracle. He is a living miracle. Benjamin Hall and uh, two of his workers were bombed. Uh, while covering the war over in Ukraine. This guy lost a hand. He lost two feet. He lost an eye. He went through 33 surgeries. But as he was sitting there inside of a vehicle that had been bombed three times by Russian missiles uh, in his best-selling book, Saved, he tells a harrowing story of hearing his daughter's voice telling him to get out of that car, a car he would have burnt to death in. Uh, And he did, in fact, get out of that car and make it all the way back to the U.S. with the help of the Polish government, some civilian organizations. He endured 33 surgeries, and he is now walking around uh, to the extent that he can and back to work doing interviews. Seriously, you should cheer that. The crowd should go wild. This bud for you. Maybe not a bud in this moment, but it's not that popular. <laughs> uh, this Miller Lite is for you, Benjamin Hall. <laughs> but yesterday, okay, he interviewed Secretary of State Anthony Blinken. Blinken's in the news for a lot of reasons right now. One of which is a testimony from former CIA acting director Michael Morell. Morell testified under oath, meaning under the penalty of perjury. Morell testified under the penalty of perjury that it was Anthony Blinken, okay, who inspired the notorious October letter from 51 former Intel members who said the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation, okay, He testified under oath under the threat of perjury that it was Anthony Blinken who inspired the idea for the letter. Hey, we've got this laptop. It shows your kids selling influence all over the world. It shows you benefiting from that influence and meeting with his business partners. I've got it. We'll come up with a plan that it was Russian disinformation. And that's what Anthony Blinken inspired 
He now, of course, claiming he had nothing to do with it. You are the lowest form of life on earth. Listen to this. It's fascinating stuff. I'll read it to you. Secretary of State Blinken insisted Monday that a letter from 51 former spy agency leaders that sought to discredit the New York Post reporting on the Hunter Biden laptop wasn't my idea. That's what he insisted. While refusing to admit that Trove is real and not Russian misinformation. So understand, every media outlet that blocked the Hunter Biden laptop, New York Times, Washington Post, they've all come around to say it was real. They're now saying, well, it was an error in judgment. You know, we had the 51 Intel members saying it was fake. We're in the heat of an election. So, you know, we erred on the side of caution, our mistake. But the truth is, that's a lie. Yes, they want you to believe they got it wrong. And they want you to believe Rudy Giuliani was peddling disinformation. You can't just make up lies about people. But that's what they did. And when the whole thing was over, they played innocent like they just got it wrong. Oh, <laughs> my mistake. But the truth is, saying they got it wrong would imply that they attempted to get it right. And in this instance, they did not want to get it right. Okay, they wanted to get it wrong on purpose to control the narrative around that laptop in the run-up to the election. What Anthony Blinken did, what the Intel community did, get the words out, Jimmy, get the words out! Do you speak in English? (laughs) But what Blinken did in that moment is he lied to Benjamin Hall. Okay, and he wouldn't give him a straight answer on the situation. Why? Because the straight answer wasn't going to do him any good. That's the problem. So as we get here with Benjamin Hall today, we'll ask him about the interview. We'll ask, hey, what's up with Blinken not giving you a straight answer? You know, you go to cover a war that this country is financing. Two of your colleagues get killed. You know, you lose two limbs, a hand and an eye. You're finally back to work, and Anthony Blinken looks looks face-to-face and does what? He lies to your face, man. It's not cool. It's not cool at all. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. So we're going to discuss it. We're going to discuss it at great length. We're going to discuss his harrowing journey back here to the United States of America, a country that is very much in a state of turmoil right now. Okay, there's so much going on in terms of culture war garbage that shouldn't matter, but it should, but it does because it's seeping into the lives of our children. Okay, we've got this whole—I mean, I don't even know how to describe this at this point. We've just gotten to such a dumb place where a story I covered yesterday in America's Newsroom because 12-year-old kid by the name of Liam Morrison, Nichols Middle Schools. Okay, Liam Morrison wore a shirt to school. He's a 12-year-old kid that said there are only two genders. Okay, the school reacted by forcing him to take off the shirt. The school censored a kid for telling the truth. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. But really think about that. We're now living in an era where if you get a hundred on your biology exam, it's a hate crime. (laughs) 
What do you mean you're telling the truth? Think Mr. Rogers would be behind bars if he sang his songs today. Boys are boys from the beginning. If you were born a boy, you stay a boy. Girls are girls right from the start. If you were born a girl, you stay a girl and grow up to be a lady. Okay, you can't say that anymore. I'll get you to the kids clip. But here is Vivek Ramaswamy. He was on Meet the Press with Chuck Todd. Chuck Todd, with a straight face, challenging Vivek over the idea that there are two genders, even though this is the widely held belief of every sane person on the planet, every biologist in the world. Let me jump in. I'll give you a real simple thing. If there were more than two genders assigned at birth, okay, meaning you're born boy or you're born a girl, then how come for these people to achieve that other gender, whatever their gender happens to be, non-binary, cisgender, anything, you have every right to be that. It's the United States of America. If you're an adult and you want to go be that, I pat you on the back and wish you the best of luck. Freedom! Be whatever you want. Okay, but as we sit here and, you know, you now pretend you're this other thing, you are pretending. We know that to be true. Why? Because if there were more than two genders assigned at birth, meaning bodies were any of some other thing, why would we need to get surgeons involved to become the other thing? I think he's got a point. Yes, and the point is you aren't that other thing originally. He knows what he's talking about. Okay, it doesn't mean you can't go be it. It doesn't mean I don't support your right to go be it. But what they're trying to do now is control the language so they can control the people, so they can control this agenda. A 12-year-old kid's being forced to take off a shirt at school that says there's only two genders, and they told them it's because people feel unsafe. That's how the Democrats get their way now. They use the word tolerance to be intolerant of opposing viewpoints. Okay, that's how it works. Tolerance, you can't say there's only two genders because that's expressing an intolerance for people who believe otherwise. Okay, so where's the tolerance for the people who believe there are only two genders? No, the way the Democrats do it now, it's agree with us or people will die. Democrats are so full of crap. Listen to this kid addressing a school board. Does a brilliant job, but this is a speech no kid should have to give. Clip 28. I never thought that the shirt I wore to school on March 21st would lead me to speak with you today. On that Tuesday morning, I was taken out of gym class to sit down with two adults for what turned out to be a very uncomfortable talk. I was told that people were complaining about the words on my shirt, that my shirt was making some students feel unsafe. Yes, words on a shirt made people feel unsafe. They told me that I wasn't in trouble, but it sure felt like I was. I told I was told that I would need to remove my shirt before I could return to class. When I nicely told them that I didn't want to do that, they called my father. Thankfully, my dad supported my decisions and came to pick me up. What did my shirt say? Five simple words. There are only two genders. Nothing harmful, nothing threatening. Just a statement I believe to be a fact. So listen to this kid, okay, who has to go address a school board after being forced out of class for wearing a shirt that states a scientific fact. You understand, when you're censoring the truth, you're on the side of the lies. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. 
And you, you're always right. And that's one of the reasons people got so mad at Bud Light. Okay, Bud Light aligned itself with the liars. It's a lie. It's pretend. Doesn't mean you can't be it, but men can't get pregnant. There are only two genders. That doesn't make me intolerant. That doesn't mean I hope someone listens to this and attacks a trans person. That's how the Democrats mischaracterize their argument so they don't have to have an argument. They're pistol whipping people into compliance by calling them transphobic and you're bigoted and you're hateful. And if people keep expressing these scientifically accurate views, there's going to be an attack on this marginalized class. People, no, you want to be transgender, go be whatever the hell you want. If you're over the age of 18, the conservative position is don't force it on children. Don't put dirty sex books in elementary schools. Every Democrat who yells at you about banned books doesn't ever mention what's in the books. Why? Because they have actual pornographic imagery of gay sex and trans sex and everything in between. Don't ever forget, Ron DeSantis read the books live on TV and the media had to cut away. Because the news networks that will show killings and beheadings in Afghanistan and everything in between thought the content in these children's books was too graphic. That's why people got mad at something like Bud Light and anything going on in these schools where kids are being forced to take off shirts that say there are only two genders. It's not because we hate the trans community. It's that we don't appreciate being told that we have to align ourselves with these lies. Budweiser presents Real Them of Genius. Real Them of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Biological Male pretending to be a woman. Mr. Biological Male pretending to be a woman. Millions of beer drinkers spend the day working a grueling shift on the construction site, but you pranced around the house on TikTok dressed as a six-year-old girl. You're a kid Anyone can hang their hat up after a long shift, but only a true hero can take off their dress and untape their nuts. Ow, that stings! So crack open an ice-cold bud, Mr. Biological Male, pretending to be a woman. Normally, beer comes in a cardboard case, but thanks to you, it now comes in a mental case. Mr. Biological Male, pretending to be Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. There it is. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's another one going on down in New Mexico. A transgender cyclist by the name of Austin Killips has finished in first place in the women's category. In the tour of Gila. I mean... This is ridiculous. Killups broke free from the pack late in the final stage of the tour in New Mexico, clocking in 89 seconds ahead of the next closest female. So this gentleman, it's the first male in history to win the women's event, takes home a $35,000 first prize that would normally go to a woman. That's not right! Do you understand... It's very possible to say, hey, this person is allowed to compete in sports, but not against biological women. It's possible to say that and not want to kill somebody, not be trying to erase the trans community, as Democrats would have you say. 
but trying to have a level playing field. That was the whole point of Title IX, is to give women an equal footing to compete on. And now they don't have one because women are losing races and prize money and scholarships to men. Men, who has a massive biological advantage. Okay, in this particular cycling group, UCI, okay, this gentleman is technically allowed to compete. You know, there are some bodies we've discussed on this show that no longer allow that to happen. Okay, but in this instance, okay, we've got a biological male switching to a woman and winning the race by 89 seconds. Yo, when two people are on a bicycle and somebody is 89 seconds ahead of the next closest competitor, like you're talking about, I don't want to say a mile, but yeah, about a mile. If people are running a four-minute mile, people on a cycle are doing about a mile. You're about a mile ahead of the second-place finisher. That's how big the advantage is for the guy over the girls. When you think about the New York City Marathon, just New York City Marathon, the male winner beats the female winner by 13 minutes. Do you realize if you got in a car and New York City drove 13 minutes, well, you'd probably only go about a half a block because of the traffic, but it's a bad analogy by me. But the point is 13 minutes on foot puts you miles, okay, over three miles ahead of your next closest competitor. That's not a race. That's a farce. Despite all of this, the great Benjamin Hall fought his way back into this country, got himself back onto his new feet. The man is a true hero. He's going to be joining us around the corner. We're going to have a talk about all things foreign policy on Fox Across America. Benjamin Hall, a national treasure around the corner. His opening act in Colchester, Vermont. Tom is on the line listening on WVMT. Yo, Tom. Hey, how's it going, Jimmy? My man, it's going. What a mess. I mean, I got to talk to Benjamin Hall in a minute. And uh, he's like a true hero and a legend for getting himself back together and making it back to this country. My question is why? (laughs) Went somewhere else. It seems like a mess. I'm kidding. But, yeah, I feel bad for the guy. Yeah, he will. He's he's got really inspiring uh, story. I'm excited to share it. But as yeah, far as what he is. comes home to, I mean, this whole thing is a scam. You know, there's there's no way a man should be competing against a woman. Oh, no, no way. I mean, did you hear what happened uh, in Vermont about the the Christian school that uh, mm-hmm. they refused to play a basketball game because mm-hmm. uh, the other team had a biological male on it mm-hmm. and yeah, they you know they didn't want their girls competing against the male, mm-hmm. and the Vermont Public, uh, the Vermont Principals Association banned the school from competing in any sports. That's crazy. So yeah, but the, um, the reason I wanted to call is that uh, isn't it uh, a little ironic how like for three straight years we were told we had to follow the science, <laughs> and and now you know now the science you know scientific facts don't matter. Oh, no, not even a little. That's the thing. These phrases are phrases they hide behind when they're trying to coerce you to get their way. It's like with abortion, they're back to saying my body, my choice. But a year ago, if you didn't want a vaccine, they said you should be fired. It wasn't your body and it wasn't your choice. 
So, yeah, the hypocrisy knows no boundaries when it comes to that. Those are the points I'm always trying to make on the radio, Tom, is like anyone listening should understand you don't have to be Republican to get the ridiculousness of this. It's, you know, it's American. It's, you know, and un-American in some instances to be pushed around the way we have by the government. But that's what's happening now. Like when you talk about that school in Vermont that can't compete. So all of those kids miss out on sports based on a lie, like a straight. It's a lie. It's pretend. Doesn't mean people can't do it. Okay, if you're 18, you want to go do it. But, again, you wouldn't need gender reassignment surgery if this idea existed that you already were that gender. Then why is it being reassigned? Because it's not. You know, that's the point. It's a hustle. I'm glad you get it. Yeah, so just uh, uh, three words. You do you. Imagine. Right? Yeah. But, and uh, I just can't get over the, the school you know, sending that kid home for a shirt. It's just craziness. Yeah, it's its bananas. And the kid, again, is stating a scientifically accurate fact. But that's what the Democrats do now, which I do think is, like, dangerous, is they're now telling you the facts are hate crimes. The facts pose a threat to society, so we should just probably ignore them because we've made up some invisible group of people that's going to kill the transgender community. Nobody wants to kill a transgender community. They, they, you know, they're kind of tired of the conversation. If we're being honest, they're tired of having their own beliefs trampled on. But that's the joke of the whole thing. The side of tolerance is the most intolerant side in the country. You nailed, you hit the nail right on the head, Jimmy. And uh, uh, thank you for taking my call. And uh, get get back up here to Vermont. I'm working on it, man. Tell, tell Kurt and the boys we got to get something going. Good stuff, my man. I'll talk to you soon. There goes the great Tom in Colchester, Vermont. And, yes, we do owe WVMT a party. We want to get together with the VMT listeners. We haven't scheduled anything yesterday. I don't know what's going on. They haven't, I haven't heard from Kerr to the gang or anything. I don't know what, the, what they're up to. Uh, but we're going to work something out. we got a lot of touring coming up. We're going to, this weekend, kick off the Laughs and Liberty Tour. That is at the Santander Performing Arts Center in Reading, Pennsylvania. Then we're going down to Clearwater, Florida to hang out with Brad James and all those lunatics on WHBO. Then we'll be out in Davenport, Iowa, June 3rd, Mesa, Arizona, June 10th, Lexington, Kentucky, June the 24th, Holland, Michigan, July the 8th, and of course, the Grand Opera House in St. Mary's, Ohio, July the 29th. Jim Jordan's coming to that one, too. It's going to be like a town hall sort of thing. And then August the 25th, the Green Valley Ranch in Henderson, Nevada. That's going to be a banger. So you're welcome. You want to come hang out with your radio buddy, see what this mess is all about. You got a lot of options. Okay, but I think your best option right now, not only for your entertainment dollar, but for your American privilege dollar. You know, I always say if you were born in this country, you have American privilege. Forget about white privilege or all the class warfare terms that are bandied about. Okay, if you live in this country, you live in a country with unlimited upward mobility, a country where anyone can truly be anything, a country where we are more tolerant and inclusive than any society in the world, so much so that we're now making up instances of racism. Okay, like, do you remember when CNN wrote that piece two weeks ago about how you can't use an emoji that's a different color than your natural skin color because that's racism? People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. Of course, but that was the tell. When you start reading stories where they're telling you something's racist but they can't say why, it's because they benefit from division. They don't actually want unity. There's a lot of people that run on grievance. That being said... If you live in this country, you have hit the lottery by virtue of the fact that you are here. 
And no one knows that better than our next guest. Coming up in the next break, Benjamin Hall, who at the time was a war correspondent for Fox News, was attacked and two of his colleagues were bombed and killed as they were trying to report on the war in Ukraine. Benjamin Hall lost both of his feet, a hand and an eye, went through 33 surgeries, but wanted to get back to this country. This country. Wanted to get back to his family, obviously, his beautiful daughters, his beautiful wife, and had a lot to live for and had a country to get back to and ultimately did and is really one of the most inspiring stories you're ever going to hear anywhere, let alone on a radio chop shop like this. So stick around because the great Benjamin Hall joining us next when we come back on Fox Across America. He's the most talented man on the radio, but he needs your help. We all know somewhere underneath all of that bright color, there's a man who's not right. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. So fired up and honored to have this next guest joining us on the show. Pound for pound, the most inspirational figure in media, and pretty much anywhere for that matter. He is the best-selling author of Safe, a war reporter's mission to make it home. He is a Fox News State Department correspondent, and he is a great hang in the green rooms of Fox News, if I dare say. Benjamin Hall is here. Hey, man. Jimmy, how's it going, man? Better now. You know you're always good for morale when we get together. We always have a couple of laughs. And uh, go ahead. You do that, Jimmy. It's you who does that. Hulk, you stop it, okay? Because when you're in the green room, and I saw you the other night at the correspondence dinner too, okay, you run a room really well. Like, I I don't know that you want to do talk radio, but you'd be great at it. Well, and I don't even... I don't even have to wear a pink uh, suit either. Whoa! Paul coming right at me. Come on, man. I I thought we were buddies. Well, let me ask you this, Benjamin Hall. Uh, Having made it through your book, which is such an incredibly inspiring tale, and there's so many, you know, heavy and poignant moments we can get to. But uh, the question I want to know is, who is going to play you in the movie? (laughs) Um, That's a good question. We talk about it uh, quite a lot. (laughs) <laughs> More often, we talk about what who will play my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we end up with someone like Michelle Pfeiffer, Kim Basinger, someone, someone great like this. But um, well, I'm a little bit more modest myself. Oh, that's what I was going to ask you. I would imagine, like, if you're having this debate with your family, you know, you can't. You, I would not suggest anyone to play my wife because that doesn't end good. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, because there's there's the off chance she doesn't think this woman's good looking enough. Then maybe there's the other concern that she's like, well, what do you what what do you got with women that look like that? You know what I'm saying? That's a no win, Benjamin Hall. Well, then you're smarter than I am. You see, I dive right in. <laughs> I say the wrong thing. <laughs> well, you have listen. You have a lot of capital right now that I don't have. Uh, so you got that going for you. But I but every time I meet you, I try to figure out who's going to play this role. And I have some. I have an eye on who I think would no, play, who would play okay. you well. Am I? I know. No. Are we are we going to break up if I tell you? Let's do it. Well, it depends how it depends how All he right. is. Then maybe we save it to the end of the interview then, because my producer's shaking his head no. <laughs> You've got to say it now, Jimmy. Come on. No, I don't know. You know what? You know, I was, obviously I was going to say Brad Pitt. 
Hey, good. Hey, good answer. Look at good me. Answer. Look at me buttering up the guest. <laughs> even even after he ne- after he took down my pink jacket at the correspondence dinner, I still treat you right, Benjamin Hall. You wore it well, Jimmy. You wore it well. Hey, thanks for that. I'll send you the twenty bucks later. All right, let's t- <laughs> let's get into this. First of all, uh, you did get a tremendous reception yesterday uh, when you got back to the State Department. That had to feel like a million bucks, huh? Yeah, it did. It really did. You know, we are all, uh, we work in the same industry. We're all very close. We're, we often go to the same, sometimes dangerous places. And um, part of the recovery, part of getting back was about going back to the work, getting back to the State Department, seeing all those people who have willed me on all along. The same is true with coming back to Fox. You know, I came into the Fox Bureau and everyone was around me. Everyone stood up. And I got through this incredibly difficult year and a half because of all those people's support. And I only think that it's now my turn to say thank you to them because of how much support they gave me. Well, that's you know, it's truly incredible and, and inspiring and in so many ways. And wouldn't you say, just on, on that basic human level, there's a gravity, you know, to living your life for other people, like your family. You know, that gravitational pull, I think, is what you describe in the book is actually pulling you out of that car, no? Yeah, absolutely. And when you have gone through something like this, something as bad as this, you know, and you see some horrific things, and Pierre and Sasha, uh, they died that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I tell you what happens is that so many of the small things that we that you worry about in life that you know they might bother you one day, they have disappeared from my life. Mm-hmm. I no longer worry about the small little things that once did. I think about the big things like that. I just think about family, being with family, working hard, doing the right things. Uh, and in many senses, my life has become easier because of it. Because I, I'm no longer bothered by the little the nitty gritty uh, anymore. It's almost like you develop a, a more efficient production model. You know, it's like you're more, you're more emotionally f- efficient. Is that what you'd say? Yeah, absolutely. Um, certainly had a whole lot of feelings that I'd never felt before. And you have to hey, learn how to deal with those, you know, mm-hmm. have to look them straight in the eye and deal with them. And then, look, I think, I really do think that difficult experiences make us stronger. And as hard as they are, you learn from them. You have to learn from them, and you have to make sure that they make you a better person. A hundred percent. We're talking to the great Benjamin Hall. He is the author of Saved, a war reporter's mission to take it, to make it home. Um, here's my question. Uh, in the book, you kind of go to great lengths to detail that your return trip uh, involved a lot of cooperation between governments and non-government agencies. Can you kind of give the listener some insight into how all of that went down? Yeah, um, this was um, hundreds of people from four or five different countries all came really to, to my to my rescue. And when we were first hit by these Russian bombs, uh, first of all, no one knew where we were. No one knew we'd been attacked. There were no cell phone reception mm-hmm. uh, where we were lying. Um, and I was there for 40 minutes, very badly injured. And um, that's where people, the first person came along and saved me. And he was Ukrainian special forces. He was driving along. He took a wrong turn and he happened to see me there. And so there's a Ukrainian who picked me up. He took me to a Ukrainian military hospital on the outskirts. It's mm-hmm. beaten up old place. And these Ukrainian doctors there uh, patched me up, gave me that life-saving surgery that I needed right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this operation began, including veterans from the U.S., former military, former intelligence. We had um, the Polish prime minister who was on a covert mission to, uh, to see Zelensky. And there was an arrangement that if we could get onto the Polish prime minister's train, along with the Czech prime minister, then we could escape along with these uh, sort of military veterans, U.S., who came in to save me. Um, So we had a number of different countries working with us at that point, clearing checkpoints for us, checking ahead, seeing if if the route was clear. And this was, you know, different countries, different security networks, all working together to try and get me out. Uh, And it just reminds you of how much, you know, the teamwork that happens, not only, say, um, 
Mm-hmm. Well, well, in the military, you know, I mean, and, yeah. and how they all work together to get me out. Well, it's, you know, what I find so inspiring about all of this is that there is still, you know, when you get beyond the immediacy of all the political division we're living in, there's a shared humanity in the world that's as big now as it's probably ever been. And you might not notice it if you spent all day on social media, but your experience is a testament to just how vast that sharing goes. Absolutely. And, you know, what I think when I look back at the last year and a half, I don't remember the worst part. I don't remember the horror or the pain from the attack itself. I remember the thousands of people who then patched me up, rebuilt me, helped me, willed me on, supported me. That is that community of good, which is so much more important than the evil out there. And I really felt that, and I saw that. And there are things like that that bring people together. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what we've got to look for in life. And there are so many things that happen, whether it's sitting down and talking to someone over a great meal or whether it's saving someone's life. You know, those small little moments um, – those go a long way. They bring people together, and I think that's so much, so much, so important. Listen, uh, if if Brad Pitt is listening, and he usually is, he has to see the potential for playing you here. I mean, this is Oscar material, Hall. Yeah, I, I would totally agree with you, Jimmy. Um, <laughs> give us a give us a call, uh, <laughs> Brad. Yeah, if you're out there, we'll pass along the number. But it's it really is such a phenomenal story, and you are you know just such an outstanding individual, and I know you know this. But you inspire the people here at Fox News so much every day. And I, I hope that sounds sincere because I've been rehearsing it for an hour and a half now. I can't, Paul. No, no, you know I love but, you. But you know what I found is that this didn't happen just to me. This happened to everyone around me. Yep. And I know how hard it was for the people who work at Fox, all of my friends, how mm. hard it was for my family, how hard it is for the doctors who are trying to save your life. You know, this is something that it isn't one person going through it. This is all of us going through this. And I really felt that. And my recovery was a big part of this team. Yep. You know, it was a team around me, too. So, look, the, the hundreds, the thousands of viewers who reached out during my recovery and sent me messages saying, we're willing you on, we're mm-hmm. praying for you, we're yep. thinking of you. Um, every single one of those helps you. And what I love now is the people who read the book, again, Hundreds reaching out to me and saying, I've got a problem, I've had an injury, something's happened in my life, a family member has died, but reading your book has helped me find strength, has helped me get through it. And, you know, if that's the one thing that I can do from this is give other people strength and tell them that we can go through hard times together, then I am very, very happy. Like That, that would be my number one goal, and, and that's happened a few times, so I'm, I'm thrilled. The studio audience is standing and cheering right now. If you were here, you'd see it for yourself. Really epic stuff. Uh, Listen, you know I do love talking to you, and we're so thankful for you and your well-being and to have you back here with us uh, doing what you do best. The book is called Saved, A War Reporter's Mission to Make It Home. Uh, That is Benjamin Hall. You know him from this day forward as Brad Pitt. Uh, But, sir, I thank you for your time, and I look forward to hanging in the green room soon. What a pleasure, Jimmy. Any day. My man. I'll talk to you soon. There he goes. The great... Benjamin Hall, what a phenomenal story. (laughs) Crowd truly going wild, as they should. Uh, Just such an incredible, inspiring guy on every level. 30 surgeries. Lost both feet, one eye, one leg. Hand severely damaged, blindness in one eye, severe burns. But wanted to get back here to his family. And had the unique perspective, having gone through this ordeal that most of what matters in this world are those things, your family, your basic happiness. And the reason I find his story, it just resonates with me so heavily, is not because I can compare with that on any level. I haven't gone through any of that. I mean, I had season tickets to the Knicks one year. You want to talk about trauma. But again, on a serious level, 
I can't, you know, compare to that in any any way. But the truth is the ethos of the show every day is what he's espousing right there. It's that your family and the good times that you have matter so much more than the political division and the infights and the social media squabbles. That's why I'm always saying, hey, man, you're in the fun business. You might be a dog groomer, okay? You might, you know, do cement work. You might be a cop. You might be a fireman. You might work on the radio like I do. It doesn't matter what your job description is. At the end of the day, you're in the fun business. If you died tomorrow, you're just going to wish you had more fun and hung out with the people you loved. So get out there and do exactly that because this show is over. We're back here tomorrow. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a... I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in free-fall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.